0: shall not cease from exploration and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time quote by T.S. Eliot I enjoy being a beginner there's something exciting about the challenge of getting back to the top one of the things I enjoyed most about Ironman triathlon which is a rather brutal sport, is starting at the beginning and learning and mastery from sticking at something and overcoming the challenge. Literally expressed through the challenge of climbing a mountain on a bike. Now, if you are reasonably fit, as I was before I started my triathlon adventure in my 40s. The prospect of climbing a mountain on a bike seems relatively easy. It seems like you could do it and the fact that you have this reasonably well-tuned engine inside means you think you can do it pretty well. And yet, that first time when you cycle out with the club as I did in the Canary Islands when I set out on the adventure to complete the Ironman Lanzarote Triathlon which is a 3.8 kilometer swim 180k cycle and finishing up with a marathon 42k marathon the first time in preparation heading out with the local club, I remember cycling up the Montañas del Fuego, the mountains of fire, which are reasonably steep climbs into the volcanoes. And these volcanoes are completely denuded, i.e., there's no cover, there's no you know, there's no forestry or shrubs or on either side of the the roads to prevent the winds blasting you in the face. So as you're climbing up this mountain on this bike, you're being beaten down by this headwind and climbing is hard enough. And then you've got this headwind beating upon you and it's tough. And it's then becomes a completely mental challenge, which is just sticking with the suffering. And that's why when you look at, for example, the Tour de France cycling competition, that the greats aren't necessarily those that have the most outstanding physical capacity. Because once you get to that stage of cycling, pretty much everybody is of world-class physical physique, at least. What really defines champions amongst those, you know, the hundred odd riders in the Tour de France is their ability to suffer. And I guarantee those who wear the yellow jersey or the green jersey or the polka dot jersey, the champions are the ones who could suffer just that little bit longer than the next guy. So the first time I'm out there cycling, And I'm climbing this hill in this group and I was, you know, I'm sort of in the group physically probably as good as the rest of them. But I start attacking this hill and I'm starting to lead the group up this hill and then I'm starting to slow and then guess what happens? I'm starting to lose momentum and the rest of the group who came in at a more moderate pace and didn't respond when I thought I'd go out and show them that how good I was at climbing on the bike they started climbing behind me and then they were level with me and then they dropped me and anybody who cycled would know that psychologically how disturbing that is when you get dropped because one minute you're just sort of hanging on to that back wheel And in Spanish, they say to suck the back wheel or to lick the back wheel. You're hanging on to that back wheel for life and suffering and in pain because you know that if you let go of that back wheel with your front wheel and you're just like what could be just inches and now it's a meter apart and now you're two meters apart and now you know in your head the voices are saying, you're dropping, you're dropping. And then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And then within minutes, you are 50 meters behind. And then you get that sinking feeling. And that is where you get crushed. And then it becomes completely a psychological battle to be good. Because you know physically you are good. But you've just been dealt You had your ass handed to you. And I got my ass handed to you for a guy who was in his 60s. In his 60s. He was 20 years my senior. And I should have been physically far more superior to him. And yet, here we are. He's kicking my ass. And I remember the humiliation. The humiliation of climbing that hill and then seeing the group stopped at the top and waiting for me suddenly i was the straggler at the back and they were waiting and laughing come on graham come on, we haven't got all day and i'm suffering trying to laugh get to the top out of breath my heart's going to explode and then i get to the top of the hill and what do they do they don't allow me that five minutes, just give me five minutes to recover and get my oxygen levels back and get my heart rate back. As soon as I'm there, they're back on the bikes and they're off. The bigger the learning curve, the more exciting the challenge. You know, when I started out podcasting, I used a USB microphone and my laptop. 750 episodes later, I got a lot better i built a podcast studio. I've recorded all over the world. I've recorded on airplanes in rice fields. I've recorded on bikes, on where else. You name it, I've been there. And I've recorded with celebrity guests, the Tiny Fernandes and the Rod Drury's. And I've recorded with ministers of parliament. But I'm still learning. Because, you know, that's what I love about this industry. You think you've mastered it. And then somebody shows you a piece of software or equipment and you're a beginner all over again. And we face this in all endeavors of mastery in life. Your journey could be one as a storyteller. Your journey could be as a developer. Your journey could be as a writer. It could be as a yoga teacher. It could be as a leader of people in your business. It's a journey. And yet you have to actively choose to be a beginner and enjoy being a beginner. And once you learn that constantly learning and challenging yourself is not the means to achieve the end, it is the goal itself, then something amazing happens. And that is you... You find joy in being a beginner and you conquer the fear of losing. So for many people, they master one thing and then they realize that once they've achieved the pinnacle of mastery, they then spend the rest of their time protecting their position to make sure that nobody dislodges them or nothing dislodges them from that vantage point. Which would mean, for example, that you became the best lawyer ever or the best accountant ever or the best cyclist ever. Which is great. However, things change. Businesses change. COVID 19, digital transformation, artificial intelligence, they're all out there. And what they're doing is they are actively changing the rules of the game. It's like you were the best cyclist ever, and now the rules of the game have changed, where we're not now cycling on bicycles. We're now cycling on motorized bikes or skateboards. Now, the rules have completely changed, which means that What happens in that situation is that people react and they protect. They say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I want to make sure that I'm still the best at this. So I'm going to still be good at cycling and I'm going to reject everything around me. I'm going to build a wall mentally and physically around myself to present all those guys on those motorized bikes and those skateboards coming in and I'll keep them out for as long as possible so I can be number one at what I do. And that creates a functional fixedness in leadership and business, which is that we become good at what we do, not to solve the problem, but to be good at that one thing. And that creates its own problems, which are, for example, if you're a lawyer and suddenly now your job can be performed better by an algorithm, which it will do, what do you do? Do you fight the algorithms or do you you, know, you keep fighting until the inevitable happens, which is you get put out of a job? Or do you adapt? And this is the key to agile thinking. Agile is not something that we teach in classes and on whiteboards as a concept. Agile is real. Agile is you getting up in the morning and doing whatever it takes to get the job done and solving the problem of the customer. Now, if that means that you have to change and not be the best cyclist in the world, but be the best unicyclist or best hand cyclist or best whatever it is, you have to adapt. And the losers in this shift are those that fear being a beginner because what they do is they see being a beginner as a zero-sum game. They see that if I choose to start something new, I lose everything that I know. And therefore, because I've vested my identity in this, I lose myself. And what I'm putting to you is that we should look at the joy of being a beginner as additive rather than subtractive meaning. If you are a very good cyclist, chances are you might also be a good runner. You might also be good mountain biker, for example. There are a lot of skills which you can transfer from one to the other. They're not exactly the same. Not all road cyclists become great mountain bikers, and not all mountain bikers become great road cyclists. Although some do, like Peter Sagan, for example, the Czech Cyclist or Cadell Evans, the Australian Tour de France world champion, started as a mountain biker and converted to road cycling that 's agility, doing whatever it takes to adapt to change and for those people, that mastery comes from the joy of being a beginner they don 't fear losing they don 't fear like. Oh one minute, I was the world champion mountain biker, and now I'm just an average cyclist getting my ass kicked, because for them, that is the joy that great, there was so few gains to be had as being king of the mountain, of mountain cyclists, that I now can see the joy of being able to scale that mountain again as a road cyclist. Because all ahead of me, I only see progress. And that is the reward, folks. Not getting to the top of the mountain. Not that point where you're at the top, but the journey that takes you to the top. Constantly learning, constantly improving. Now, maybe one of the problems is, is that the cultural narrative is one of achievement as opposed to achieving, i.e. that we measure our success by uh, the manifestations of our success in material form, titles, cars, houses, etc. And yet maybe we don't measure them by the journeys that we take to get there. And even when we set out on this journey to become an entrepreneur, we measure it in terms of the exit. How many billions, how many millions did that person make? How many businesses has he or she sold? And yet, you look at what happens when entrepreneurs sell businesses. The first thing they do, they don't then buy a yacht and sail off into the sunset. The first thing they do is start another business. Start another business. It's crazy. You, that's the one thing that normal quote unquote people don't get about entrepreneurs. That them, for them, the reward is the yacht or the retirement game over, end, fin, fang, as it would say, as the movie credits come up on the end. That for them is the reward, making it to the end in one piece. But for the entrepreneur, that ain't the reward. The reward is getting there. And that's why we as entrepreneurs have to self-check ourselves carefully. That we have to realize the reward is what we do. This is the reward. The challenge is the reward. You know, the mountaineer, Edwin, Ma- sorry, George Mallory. George Mallory, the crazy, before his time, pioneering mountaineer, set off to climb Mount Everest. In beyond, you know, in the days before we had even technical clothing, climbing in a effectively a, a woolly jumper and hobnail boots. And asked by somebody why chose to climb Mount Everest he said because it's there and it doesn't make sense and in the same way we often measure economic success by the numbers the metrics I, I think of an example the NASA Apollo program as a kid I was fascinated by space like most kids are i was fascinated by wonder i used to stare through the telescope and wonder wonder that feeling of magic that you get by what is potentially out there and what is possible and as a kid i'd read stories of space because i grew up in the 70s and 80s when we were still going into space and i watched the space shuttle launch and land and wonder what was possible and they told us in the books when we read about all of this, that if it wasn't for the space shuttle, we wouldn't have non-stick frying pans. And it was the argument, it was the only economic argument that they could somehow, and I don't know how they could have done it without laughing or just sense of irony that they spent billions of dollars to make better non-stick frying pans because that was the Teflon material that they used to coat the shuttle as it re-entered orbit and the atmosphere of preventing it from being destroyed by fire. And yet if you think about it, we could have easily done that in the labs. We didn't need the Apollo program or the shuttle program or Columbus or Discovery to go to space to invent better non-stick frying pans. That was BS, folks. You know, the reason we engage on these endeavors and take on these massive challenges is not for economic gain. It's the other way around. We create successful economies such that we can engage in these endeavors we don't engage in these endeavors to create successful economies the money gives us the ability to take on these challenges that is the reward not the economic impact itself so when i think about being an entrepreneur the journey itself is the reward The game is the reward. Now, why retire if the reward for your existence is being able to play the game? Nobody wants to retire. I mean, I've done it. I've lived on tropical islands in semi-retirement. It's not the reward that I was seeking. It's the reward of somebody whose life was so stressful, so meaningless, that the only way they could escape from it was to physically run away from work. But I feel that whatever industry you're in, you've got to keep pushing yourself mentally, indulging your curiosity and never being afraid of asking for help. That's what makes the challenge worthwhile. Those are all the characteristics of being a beginner. You know, when I think back to cycling up those the mountains of fire, those were journeys that defined me because I felt the humiliation. I felt what it was to be a beginner and I didn't die. It wasn't fatal and it made me better. And I now know that I can take on almost anything I choose because I know that that discomfort of being a beginner is something that I can soon master and get through. The same with podcasting. At some point when you start, it's going to be uncomfortable. You're going to be not very good. You're going to flunk your words. You're going to screw up. But that's the beauty. It's in that discomfort you'll find mastery. And that is the joy of being a beginner.